told him up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful word of God. Change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. One day in the Army, I was assigned to KP duty, kitchen duty. I reported to the mess hall and was told by the sergeant in charge that he wanted me to make a hundred gallons of soup for tonight's dinner. I told him I didn't know how to make soup. He quickly handed me a book and told me to follow the directions carefully. Soon after I had a large kettle of soup simmering, the sergeant came up and tasted the soup. He took a second spoonful and stood there staring at me. I thought I had really messed up uh, the soup and was waiting to be reprimanded. Instead, the sergeant said... This tastes really good. Are you sure you followed the recipe? (laughs) Come on, folks. Help me out here a little bit. Today, we need to laugh, especially with the message that we're going to hear today. All right. Habakkuk chapter 2 is where we are today. So what do you do when you find yourself hitting a spiritual wall? What do you do? Pray. With everything in you, we always want to believe in the goodness of God. But what you see with your eyes is different than what we sometimes want to believe in our heart. What do you do when you find yourself wrestling with doubts when what you always thought was true, you're not quite sure it is true? What do you do when you want to believe that God is good, but life is not so good? So in our study of the book of Habakkuk, last week we were in chapter 1, and if you were with us, Habakkuk is not a sitcom sermon. And what is a sitcom sermon? Well, that's a message that solves all the problems in 30 minutes, including the uh, advertisements and the commercials. Chapter 1 is not a sitcom sermon. In fact, it leaves you still hanging at the end of the chapter. So today we start chapter 2. Three chapters in the book of Habakkuk. Again, chapter 2 is also not a sitcom sermon. Habakkuk 1, don't walk away from God. Chapter 2, don't quit on God. Chapter 1 was all about wondering. God, I know you can. I believe you will. But you're not, and I don't understand why you're not. Chapter 2 is all about waiting. Wondering is difficult. Waiting is even more difficult. If you missed last week, let me give you a little backstory on the book of Habakkuk. He was a minor prophet, lived and wrote and prophesied about 600 years before the birth of Christ. Most prophets uh, would do this. They would speak to the people on behalf of God. This is what God says to you, people. But Habakkuk was different. He didn't speak to the people on behalf of God. Instead, he actually spoke to God on behalf of the people. And he said, God, I don't understand why you're not 
I don't think you're fair. You're supposed to be a just God. But I'm not really sure you are. Even goes on to ask the question, where are you, God? Why aren't you doing what I think you should do? His people, the people of Judah, at one time they were blessed and prosperous. But now there was tremendous corruption and they were suffering greatly. And so Habakkuk cries out, God, you're not going to believe it. It's going to amaze you. If I told you, you wouldn't believe it. God's answering prayers. Everything's going to be great. We're going to be happy. Life is going to be blessed. And God says, I'm going to raise up your enemy. People who are even worse than you are. The Babylonians. And they're going to issue judgment upon you. Habakkuk's beside himself. Doesn't make sense. It isn't the God that I want to believe in. Chapter 1. He's wondering, why don't you do what I want you to do? Chapter 2. He's waiting. God, when are your promises going to come true? Have you ever found yourself where Habakkuk is in chapter 2? Let me see your hands. you ever found yourself there? Well, let me give you a, a few stories that I ran across this week to help make the point here and help you understand Habakkuk's frustration. There's a family whose daughter is, has a chronic illness. Her name is Mandy. God hasn't healed Mandy yet. Her parents keep praying and they keep waiting. Then there's Eric. He's a strong follower of Christ. He's made some bad decisions. Betrayed his marriage vows. And now he's not sure what he wants to do with his life. Does he want to go back or does he want to go with a new person? Your heart breaks for him. For his wife and for his children. And everybody around Eric is praying and believing that he will hear the Spirit of God and he'll do the right thing. But so far, he hasn't. Then there's Brian and Carissa. Brian is a pastor. He has a precious seven-year-old daughter, Macy, who suffers 31 seizures a day. No diagnosis. And they took her to a specialist in New Mexico. And they're praying for a diagnosis and believing and waiting and waiting on God. Then there's an 11-year-old boy named Luke. Has inoperable brain tumor. Brain cancer. It's affecting his eyesight and all sorts of things you can imagine. Luke has led many kids to Christ on his floor at the hospital. He's bravely endured chemo. He's the champion of kids, people are praying and believing <clears throat> that God will hear their prayers and do a miracle in little Luke's body because they have so much faith. And Luke just trusts Jesus so much. So what do you do when you're wondering when you're waiting? Today I want to do is take you into chapter 2. 
I want to look at three different things that God's Word tells us to do in this chapter. They're very specific. Three things Habakkuk does. And when you're hurting, when you're wondering, when you don't know what to do, I want to show you the first thing that that we're going to see to do. And some of you, this is what you need to do. You're hurting. You're wondering. The first thing we see is in Habakkuk is in chapter 2 is that you're going to have to listen to God. You have to listen. What I like about that is when God's not doing what we think He ought to be doing, some people walk away. Some people doubt God. Some people quit on God, but Habakkuk doesn't do any of that. Instead, he just positions himself in the most strategic place to see the hand of God and to hear the voice of God. Verse 1 of Habakkuk 2, following your Bible, says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. In other words, I'm going to be in the best possible place to see the hand of God and to hear the voice of God. Then he goes on to say, I will look to see what he I will look to see what God will say to me. I will look to see what God will say to me. It isn't easy to do when you're hurting. Because when you're hurting, what you want to do is you want to tell God to do what you want Him to do and what He should do and what He should know to do. God, reach Eric and draw him home. God, touch little Macy and heal her from seizures. God, bring little Luke Healing. If you do, we'll bring you glory and we'll brag on you. Bargaining. And if God, you don't, well, I don't know how I can defend you, God. It's really difficult to talk about your goodness when you don't do what I know you could do. You know, we just want to tell God what to do. Instead of telling him what to do at those times, it's important to just listen to him. Just listen. Cindy and I are in a season of listening. We were washing some things last night, and I noticed that there was a puddle of water out in our our laundry room. Thank God we have tile floor. We threw down a bunch of towels and soaked it up. We both cried. Because we really don't have the money to buy another washing machine. Not right now. Just don't have it. Been there? Having to decide whether to get prescription drugs or not? Go see the doctor? Had to turn down my eye doctor appointment. Said, well, your doctor's not in the network. And I called my insurance company and said, yeah, he's in your network. But the, his people demand the payment up front anyway. So I said, well, I'll just have to see him another time. If I don't go blind between that time. <laughs> I didn't say that. But you want to, don't you? Because there's times when you're just going, really? Wow. I get to go a whole month without seeing my foot doctor. 
my prayer is that in that month it heals up and she doesn't know what to do then. Because she wants to do surgery. She wants to do another skin graft, but she has to sew it on. She has to go into the hospital. I have to go to the hospital and do that. She's talking about it two weeks now. I'm just going, no. I've still got two weeks of vacation. I don't want to spend it sitting in the hospital. I'm kind of, my lips puckered out like old Habakkuk says. You want to tell God what to do. But we've got to be in a position to listen. God can speak through His Word. And if you're a follower of Christ, I would beg you to be in His Word every single day, feeding on His Word. He'll speak to you through His Spirit. He can speak audibly. God can do that. Now, I personally have never heard Him speak audibly. Some have. I haven't. I hear Him clearly, though, as I read Scripture, as I fellowship with believers. I hear God clearly. How about you? Because He will speak to you if you'll but listen. If you'll but listen. Sometimes it's louder. Sometimes it's real soft. Just because... It appears he's silent doesn't mean that he's absent. He's always there. He's always with you. Listen for the voice of God, sometimes in the most remarkable ways. Sometimes you hear from him and he's going to tell you something that you don't want to hear. That's the part that bothers me is when I get to hear it. Oh, I hear him. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. And it's exactly what he did to Habakkuk. You're going to do something amazing. And then God says, yeah, I'm going to raise up your enemy, the people who are worse than you, and they're going to bring judgment on you. Well, wait a minute, that's not what I was looking for, God. God, I, I asked you to do this, and you're doing the opposite. It's not what I wanted to hear. Well, sometimes God will speak to you, and he will say something you don't want to hear. How about the Apostle Paul in the New Testament? Had just I mean, if anybody deserved to have God hear them and respond to whatever they ask, it was Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. I mean, he's pretty important to God. God found him on the Damascus Road, singled him out. Wow. I mean. And yet he had this thorn in the flesh, it's called. I don't know what it was. Commentators have speculated for years. But he begged, he pleaded with God three times. He went through a season of pleading. Take it away, God. I'll do anything. God, have mercy on me. Take it away. Take it away. And God spoke to him and God did not say yes, but God said no. No, I'm not taking it away. How cruel is that God? How cruel is He? You ask, but my answer is no. And then God said, my grace is enough for you. And God's going to show us once we hear what He's saying. Number one, we listen. Number two, we write. Number two, we write. We write it down. Document it. 
We record what God says to us. And this is the very thing that God says to Habakkuk. The Lord replies to Habakkuk and he, and he said what? Say it out loud with me in, in our verse here. Jeff, bring that verse up, would you? God says what? Write down the revelation. Read it with me. Write down the revelation. I tell people all the time, develop a prayer journal. And you date, you put a date. Today is the 11, 11, 18. And you, and you write down the prayer that you're praying for God to, to respond to. And then when He does, write the date down that He responded. Maybe quick, maybe long, I don't know. My brothers, I, I started praying for Him for 30 years I prayed for Him. Finally came to the Lord. I could write at the end of that prayer the date. And what that helps you do is look back in your life and see when God heard your prayer and then God responded to your prayer. Of all the prayers that He hears every day, He heard yours and He responded. But if you don't record it, if you don't write it down, you're not going to notice it. And write, write the revelation down on plain tablets. Document it. Why do we do it? Because we have an enemy whose mission is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Our spiritual enemy wants to take you from you what God gives to you. God will give you a word. God will give you faith. God will give you a moment of peace. And our enemy wants to take that away. He wants to take from you the very word that God gives to you. And it happens all the time. For some of you, it was last week. You were in church. You heard from God. God spoke to you. God blessed you. God gave you faith. God moved you. You got in the car. You drove out. Kids were fighting. He's touching me. Don't let him touch me. You look back. You came home. You're like, did God really speak to me? Or is that something else I was listening to? You get distracted. Satan wants to take you from what God gives to you. Write it down, document it, put it on paper, go back to it, hang on to it, believe it, claim it, embrace it, live in it. Don't let the enemy take it away from you. God's hearing your prayers. Document it. We're like Paul and Silas in prison. Long before the shackles came free, we're praising God in advance. Praise God in advance for the miracle. Sherry tells me all the time, she says, I'm just thinking positive. I'm not going to let negative, I'm not going to let cancer eat me up. I'm just going to tell cancer, you're not going to have it. You're not going to win. Isn't that the way to approach it? It's exactly the way. It's the way Bryant does it. He says, I'm not, going to, I'm, going to let, I'm not going to live, let this take my life. I'm going to work and serve and do what God calls me to do. Thank Him for the, His goodness. Listen to what God says. Write it down. And then the third thing that Habakkuk teaches us, it's a difficult, it's no fun. It's where some of you are living right now. It's where my family's living right now. You listen, you write, and then God says, you wait. You wait. Wondering is no fun. Waiting is worse. You wait, you wait, you wait on the faithfulness of God. I remember when we had our first son, when Jeff was going to be born. Nine months, you got to wait. I don't know why you can't have a baby and whoop, the next week, here we go. Nine months. 
My dear little wife, she had morning sickness. Nine months. Morning to morning to morning to morning to morning. And with Corey and his apropos as the second one, she was nine months. We were a week away from delivery. And what does she come down with? The flu. And what does she do? She lays on the sofa on her side and there was a bucket on the floor. And she just, and I got to empty it, and I got to empty it. What a mess. Check in the hospital to induce labor. Started six in the morning. Six that night. Both of them are in distress. Emergency C-section. Off we go. You wait. Waiting's the hard part. Wondering, will my, will my child ever come back to Christ? Some of you are thinking that. Somebody told me just this morning that their, uh, their grandson had said, I don't believe in God anymore. You know, when you're 16 years old, how in the world do you get to where you don't believe God anymore? You want to see answers. And you don't see him. In fact, you see the opposite. Is God ever going to hear the cry of my heart to give me the marriage that I want to have? Is God ever going to give me a job with benefits? Is God ever going to stop the migraines? Is God ever going to help me take out the, uh, you know, get the depression that's holding me down, weighing me down? Verse 3 of Habakkuk 2. Great verse. So what Scripture says, God says this, For the revelation awaits what? An appointed time. Read it with me. An appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. Say it again. Appointed time. Very good. That's revelation of waste appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger. Though it linger. Wait for it. What does it say? It will certainly come and will not delay. God is seldom early, but He's never late. Seldom early, but He's never late. Wait for it. The Living Bible. You ever remember the Living Bible? It puts this verse in a really neat way. Let me read it to you. God says, but the things I plan won't happen right away. Then God says, slowly, steadily, surely, as the time approaches... When the vision will be fulfilled, it seems slow, don't despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. That's just a neat way to put it, isn't it? At the appointed time, God will deliver. At the appointed time, He will respond. At the appointed time, He will do His perfect will. At the appointed time. In fact, I love the word in the Hebrew... That's translated as an appointed, at the appointed time. It's the word moed. Can you say that with me? Moed. It literally means perfect, unstoppable timing of God. Moed. When it's the moed, it's coming. Always remember, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. When it is God's time, you can't stop it. We're waiting as a church for God's timing, aren't we? You look around and see chairs empty. Where'd they go? 
Why aren't people here? Ah, they're going to the big church. Are they really? I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But they're missing out on a fellowship that is sweet and precious right here. Don't you love each other? I tell you, I know you do. That's why we, we need to do something about hugging Howdy. Because you, you hugging Howdy, all, it'd go all hour if we let you. You stop at one, you'll stop at one person and you keep on going. I love that though, don't you? We're gonna, we're gonna play with it coming up. Just be prepared. Don't, don't panic on me. We're gonna play with it a little bit. And work on our worship structure. I want us to sing. Here's the idea that we're thinking, that I'm, that I'm, that God's been laying on my heart about. We're just gonna sing. We're gonna start singing. We're gonna do the hugging Howdy first. So you better get here early. You better get here at 1030. Otherwise, you're not gonna get to hugging Howdy till the end. You know, I'm not going to give you any time to hug it out until the end. Well, I'll just do it whenever I want to do it. Yeah, you just might. I know some of you that way. I got you. While I'm preaching, you be hey, how you doing back there? You talk like you, you know, you're in a, you're in a mall somewhere. Like we can't hear you. I just love it. And then some of you're hard to hear, and you could, you know, don't know that you're talking loud. I got you. I, I, I'm with you. But we want you to hug and howdy first because we want to start. Singing and the music just does something to your heart. And we just want to sing and not break until it's communion time and prayer time, sermon time. Okay? So, I've kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit for you. That way you can get mad the rest of the sermon. You won't hear anything else I say, but that's okay. Moade. Moade. God's timing. Always remember, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. And when it's God's time, you can't stop it. Though it linger, wait for it. His timing's perfect. You may say it takes forever. Think about Abraham and Sarah. <laughs> it took forever to have a baby. She's 99 years old. She had that baby. Heavenly days. But I hope you'll remember, if you're in the waiting zone, which is where I am, when you're trying to hang on to your faith and you're not seeing anything, you're not, get, you're not hearing, you're not seeing it, you're getting impatient, you're starting to wonder, and you're wondering, and then you're waiting, and then you're wrestling, and then God delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that God is not going to do it. Though it linger, wait for it. At God's appointed time, it will come to pass. Verse 4. Many theologians say this is the most important verse in all of Habakkuk in verse 4. It's not my favorite verse, but... Maybe it's the most important. Habakkuk is beside himself. The Babylonians are bad. When are they going to get get their due? And if you read Habakkuk two, that's what's uh, there's what's known as the five woes of Babylon. Basically, God says, "I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. Then they're going to get theirs." I am a just God. Habakkuk is waiting. God, when are you going to bring justice on us? When are you going to bring justice on them? I don't understand. He's confused. This is what God says. 
God acknowledges the Babylonians are evil. He says, see, the enemy, Babylon is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But God's not talking to them. He's talking to Habakkuk and He says, but the righteous person will live by faithfulness, will live by God's faithfulness. And in the New Testament, Scripture says the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk. We, we walk by faith. Our faith is not based on what we see on or what we want or getting our desired outcome. Our faith is based on the character and the goodness and the nature of God. Amen? We live by faith. You've got to live by faith. When you turn the key on in your car and when you get in it, you have faith it's going to start. Then you have faith in all those people driving around you who are nuts. If everybody get off the road, I'd be okay on my driving. But it's because I've got to put up with all these other people out there. Guys in big old 18 wheelers like Jeff. You know, I'm, I'm more grateful for truck drivers than I've ever been. When you watch how they drive, the good ones, there's bad ones, but there's good ones out there, they will give you distance because they know they're carrying a load that will run right over you. They'll give you distance to cut in front of them. Why? Because you're in such a hurry. You've got to get there, get there, get there, get there, get there. I said, oh, God, don't let the shark, oh, God, that arm looks like it's on a rubber thing. Even though I don't see with my eyes, I fight to trust you, God, with my heart. Even though everything I wanted, want you to do, you're not doing. I wait for it. I wait for your goodness. I wait for your glory to be revealed. Though I linger, I wait for it. Though it's still not coming, I wait for it. Wait for it. Habakkuk is disturbed, confused, upset, angry, feels betrayed, questioning, doubting, trying to hang on. Then he says these three words in verse 20. Almost as if he's reminding himself that God's in charge. He says, but the Lord, but the Lord, everyone, everybody say, he says, but the Lord where is in his holy temple, but the Lord, but the Lord is in his holy temple, even though I don't get it. Even though things aren't going the way I think they should, I remind myself, but God is still in his holy temple. The Democrats won the House of Representatives. Didn't you see the next day conservative people out on the streets, burning cars, throwing rocks through windows, beating people up? Didn't you see that? I didn't see that. Get over it. You're not always going to get your way. Amen? Donald Trump will not be president one day. Hang in there. But here's the surety. Jesus will always be on the throne. He will never get off. He'll never step down. And whoever's the president or whatever, whoever thinks they're really important, they're not going to supersede God. Ever. Ever. That's what you're striving for, that heavenly home. If your heavenly home is in Washington, D.C., I pity you, my friend. The little young 
Ocasio-Cortez. She's going to Congress out of New York. Did you hear what she said the other day? She's a liberal, by the way, socialist liberal. Did you hear what she said the other day? Well, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get an apartment. I don't, have, I don't have a paycheck yet. Well, if you're a socialist, you don't need a paycheck. Just show up. Somebody's going to give you one. Isn't that right? I mean, just go up there and just claim it. It's yours. I'm going I'm, to I'm move in. I'm sure the landlord's going to say, absolutely. been waiting for you. Where you been? I just love that. The mentality that says, this, how are you going to pay for that? Well, just, you just, she said, you just pay for it. Well, just go down there and pay for it. Well, I don't have any money. <gasps> what? I'm so glad that God's still on His throne. Amen. So when I doubt, I can lift up my hands. When I don't see a way, but with God there's always a way. When my heart aches, I can trust God. I put my arms around Cindy yesterday while we looked at the water in the floor. And I said, baby, it's going to be okay. And sure enough, we, she had been washing these big heavy pillows. And I just think it, you know, when it was sloshing around, it threw the water out. Because we ran another load and it ran just fine, drained and did everything. Hallelujah. I said, look at God. He's showing up, helping us out. And it, and it just little things. Isn't it just the little things? You know, as rough as it may be on us, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Do you remember what Habakkuk means? Habakkuk does not mean wrestling and enduring, but his very name means to wrestle and embrace. So as you're going through these rough times, just embrace it. Just embrace it. You might need to wrestle. Chapter 1 is, is in the wondering, don't walk away from God. Chapter 2, in the waiting, don't quit on God. Though it linger, wait for it. If it's not God's time, you can't force it. When it's God's time, you can't stop it. He's still good in the waiting. In my mind, 99% wrestling is, is going on. God, do it now. That's what I want. But then there's that part of me because of God, who God is, I, I just won't let go. I, I won't let go. I'll embrace even in the doubts, even in the pain. When I don't understand, there's somebody here, there's somebody here in this room who would ask this question, what do I need? I want you to go ahead and wrestle. I want you to wrestle. Don't let go of God. Chapter 1, wondering. Wondering is so difficult. Don't walk away in in chapter 1. Waiting is even more difficult. Don't quit on God. That's chapter 2. What happens in chapter 3? Well, you've got to wait for two weeks before I tell you. We've got our Thanksgiving service, and then our Freedom House ladies will be here the last Sunday of November. It's going to be a blessed day. Oh, what a, what a glorious day. In fact, we need to have a potluck lunch, and I'm calling that out now. We need to have a potluck lunch on that Sunday, which will be for, so two Sundays we'll eat. <laughs> so we'll eat next Sunday, and then we'll eat again on the 25th. And let's just bring pot. Uh, crock pots just everywhere and uh, feed the ladies plus feed anybody who wants to stay so in two weeks on the first Sunday of December I'll give you chapter 3 
You can't have chapter 3 without chapter 1 and without chapter 2. Don't walk away from God. Don't quit on God. He's big enough to handle the wrestling, but continue to embrace. Would you pray with me? Father, we ask that you would speak in a way that only you can. We want to hear. Even if what you say is not what we want to hear, say it anyway. We'll record it. We'll write it down. We'll document it. It's what you say. And God, we wait on on your promise. We wait on your goodness. We wait on your faithfulness. Oh God, we're waiting on you. Would there be one today who would say, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to surrender and give their life to you. Maybe there's one that would say, you know, I need a church home. This will be a this will be a great church home for me and my family. I want to be here. And then there may be one just like last week who just simply needed to come forward, get on their knees and pray. And it was such a joy to watch so many get around that person and pray with them last week. Maybe that's what they need. I don't know, God. You know. Move in their heart. Prod them, prick them. Give them courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great hymn of